Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast, the official podcast of Unstoppable Domains. Join us each week to hear from leading experts in the exciting new fields of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and the decentralized web, where we talk about the future of the internet and what that means for humans like us. Not only will this podcast help you sound super smart around your friends, but you'll also learn how you can become a pioneer in this space and help lead the charge toward a more decentralized web. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Chen, and I'm here today with our guest, Simon from Index Co-op. Index Co-op is a DAO focused on building and governing crypto indexes, for those of you who aren't familiar. And I'm really excited to have Simon here today to talk more about it. I've been seeing it all over Twitter. It's been blowing up. And so I'm excited to finally be able to speak to the source and learn a little bit more about what it is and chat more about DAOs and uh, share all of that, all, all my learnings with you as well. So um, thank you, Simon, so much for being here. Really appreciate you taking the time. Diana, thank you for having me. Unstoppable podcast family. I'm good to see everybody. Super, super excited to talk about all the awesome things going on at Index Co-op. Uh, it's been an absolute whirlwind couple of months and I'm uh, excited to break it down for y'all. Awesome. Well, I can't wait. But before we dive into Index Co-op, I want to learn a little bit more about your background and how you got into crypto. So take me all the way back to when you first got interested in crypto. What was it that like drew you in and how did you start learning about it? Yes. Okay. So my my crypto story to go go way back, you know, sophomore year in college, I kind of in 2011, I like remember stumbling across the idea of Bitcoin and trying to set up a wallet, but, you know, just did not have the technical background and I, and, you know, just kind of like put it in the back of my head as a cool idea and, you know, moved on. I graduated college in 2013 and I joined uh, the United States Marine Corps as an infantry officer, Um, spent the first two years of my career as a platoon commander in Hawaii. So, you know, led small teams of Marines and crypto came back into my life uh, following a deployment to Japan in 2016. We got back to Hawaii and, you know, we got off the plane. And I remember we were like cleaning off our rifles and cleaning up all our gear, getting ready to like go back to Hawaii for like some, you know, post-deployment leave. And I remember like hearing two of my Marines be like, you know, oh, I bought Ripple at, 10 cents and it, you know, now it's at 12 cents. And have you heard about this thing called Ethereum? It's going to be the next big thing. I was like, whoa, what is this? What are they talking about? So got off, you know, went on leave for a bit and like spent just kind of like the whole, like that, like summer of 2017, just reading about crypto, learning about it, had a couple other buddies who were super into it, but like, you know, I had like a military background, didn't really have a super, super strong understanding of finance or technology at that time. So yeah, I spent two more years after that in the Marine Corps, got out in 2019. I went to uh, business school at NYU Stern. Um, and that is where, you know, I, I focused on finance, you know, was, was very, very into, you know, kind of that, that space. And, you know, when DeFi summer hit, I like, that was like the third time crypto came into my life. And it all of a sudden, you know, synthesized a lot of things like you're learning all this finance in school. You had this interest previously in this technology. 
And I just, you know, really dove in from there and then, you know, got, got very involved with index co-op as a community member in late November, mid December. Um, and, you know, have been, you know, incredibly humbled, incredibly proud to be part of that community since then. Um, and now I'm you know, one of the full-time contributors at Index Co-op. I lead a lot of our efforts with business development and, um, you know, every day working at Index Co-op is, is awesome. I'm always, always excited to get uh, to go to work in the morning. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing you said in there is like coming into crypto can be pretty intimidating when you don't have a background in finance and technology, because a lot of the concepts just seem so foreign. And so how would you how would you explain what DeFi is to our listener who is brand new to this, maybe doesn't come from a finance background? It is just really starting from ground zero. How would you explain DeFi sort of in, you know, your one minute pitch of what DeFi is and why it's really awesome? Yeah. So, so like when I think of DeFi, I think of, you know, getting rid of some of these barriers that prevent us from doing economic actions, right? So if I want to, you know, trade, you know, A for B to another person, you know, right now I have to go through this massive system that is in the middle that is made up of people, institutions, regulations, and that really like slows down that whole process and it makes it really difficult. You know, what DeFi does really is it enables those transactions, right? That A to B and just puts a line of code in between to facilitate that and takes away that whole infrastructure that previously existed that was slowing that down. And so, you know, if I'm a normal person and I'm trying to interact with this technology, think about when you go to your bank and you want to withdraw like, $2,000 to make an improvement on your house. Taking that, doing that right now takes weeks. You have to go to the bank multiple times. You have to sign things. You have to follow up. It is a painful process. What DeFi does is it will allow you to take that $2,000 loan instantaneously as long as you have enough collateral to back it. And what was a process of weeks becomes a process of 30 minutes. And that is incredibly powerful for everybody in the world. And then I'm just wondering too, like what are some of your sources of truth in the space for learning more for people who are just getting into DeFi, just getting into crypto and they want to learn more? Do you have any go-to blogs, go-to uh, people on Twitter that you follow for learnings or newsletters or anything like that? First of all, I want to just give a absolutely huge shout out to Anthony Sassano, DC investor, DeFi dad, uh, Krugman. I think those accounts are just doing an incredible job of bringing people into the space and educating them with a good perspective. And you know, not only that, but they're also huge voices of positivity for our community and you know, really rallying points and you know, consistently, consistently provide great information. Um, I think you know, that is, when, I, when it comes to like day-to-day news in crypto, that's definitely my source of truth. But I, I think at the end of the day, the only way to learn about this technology is by using it and interacting with it. Every single time you interface with the blockchain, you learn more about it, you gain experience interacting with it, you understand the technology slightly better. Like so like my real source of truth in the space is, you know, directly, you know, using decentralized exchanges, using Ave, using protocols and um, understanding how they work. 
So I think this will be a good bridge into getting into index co-op, but having worked so closely with the community in this space, what do you see as some of the biggest barriers to entry for newbies in the space? What What's preventing everybody from using DeFi today? Like your mom, your grandparents, you know, your next door neighbor, what's preventing all of these people from getting into the space? In my eyes, DeFi right now is like, we're, we're waiting for the iPhone moment, right? Like, Cell phones existed for a very long time. And then, you know, all of a sudden cell phones became ubiquitous and they became ubiquitous because of, you know, a few design decisions that were made at Apple at the time that, you know, really culminated in what was a number of different technologies all being synthesized into a truly seamless interface. Crypto is slowly, slowly moving towards that. And I think like, so the true barrier of entry right now, right, is that interface, that ability to seamlessly interact with it from, you know, really any perspective, right? You can be 80 years old and pick up an iPhone and figure it out. You can be three years old and pick up an iPhone and figure it out. Like, that's what our technology is kind of missing right now. But, you know, in the meantime, as that is getting built, I think we are at a unprecedented time in history where Everybody has access to this information to educate themselves on it. And yes, like crypto may not be, you know, incredibly mainstream tomorrow, but, you know, people can understand this technology before it is fully deployed. And I encourage people to understand this technology. And like the more you learn about how it works, how it's structured, like the more efficiently you will be able to, you know, seamlessly transition um, to using this technology in the day-to-day when it does become a day-to-day technology. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive on into Index Co-op. Um, so I gave a brief intro in the beginning. I don't know if that was accurate, if it did in Index Co-op justice. So I'll just let you go ahead and give us sort of the high-level, big picture. What is Index Co-op? So Index Co-op is a decentralized autonomous organization, a DAO, that is focused on, you know, releasing the world's leading crypto financial products. Uh, We see ourselves as crypto BlackRock. So we release index funds, we release leverage tokens, we release, you know, these, these products that allow, you know, institutions and then everyday investors to get exposure to, you know, really sophisticated DeFi strategies. Um, you know, we were we were founded in September of last year by Set Labs and DeFi Pulse. Um, Set Labs is one of the leading Solidity teams in America. They've done an incredible job supporting us. And then, you know, DeFi Pulse is our methodologist for some of our index and have been just a real advocate over the last uh, several months. Okay, so I want to break down a lot of the different moving pieces that you just mentioned there. Um, the first is for people who aren't familiar with what index funds are, can you maybe give some background about how traditional index funds work and then how is that different from how it would work with index co-op? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, traditional index funds are awesome. I think that's a, you know, a good starting point. They did an incredible job, you know, bringing a vast number of people in American society into the middle class. And the way they did that is they gave a 
really effective way for everyday people to invest in the market without being exposed to you know, the high level of volatility that happens in equity markets. You know, how they work is it is essentially a fund that holds a number of different um, stocks. And you know, as, as like the, the value of those stocks changes, it reweights um, based on whatever methodology it has. Like a very common one would be market weighting. So based on the size of each company in that portfolio. Um, so what index co-op does and like how we've kind of upgraded this model is we are built using token sets infrastructure, which is essentially a way of holding a basket of underlying tokens in one token. Not only do, does it hold it, but that one token can be redeemed for the underlying at any time. So that means that you can you know, essentially trade a basket of Aave, Uniswap, SushiSwap, Maker in exchange for ETH, and then you can hold it and be exposed to the, the price upside of all the underlying. Um, on top of that, the thing that you can do with our indexes that you can't really do with traditional funds is if you can lend them out, you can uh, borrow against them, you can you know, take leverage positions on them. There are a number of uh, you know, additional things that you can do with our products. And like the way I look at it is, you know, a traditional ETF index fund is like a 1970s like Honda Accord and index co-ops products like you could think of as like a 2021 Tesla. Like they're both cars. They will both like get you there and they will both, you know, do generally the same thing, but they're very, very different technologies. Great analogy. Love it. So I want to also talk about the DAO component of it because I know that's a big part of what NX Co-op is as well. And so for people who aren't familiar with what a DAO is, a decentralized autonomous organization, can you maybe start by just explaining what that is and how that's different from traditional companies or traditional institutions? So like a DAO, a DAO is a number of things. And obviously we can talk about different aspects of it. But like when I think of a DAO, like the, really the first word that comes to mind is open community. It is a organization that anyone in the world can join, that anyone can be part of, and is really tied together by our governance token index, which allows you to vote on you know, the major changes that occur in the DAO. And like the beauty of this open or organization model is like we can really attract people from all over the world, all different experience levels, and they can find different ways for themselves to contribute. Like we have financial professionals, we have, you know, graphic designers, engineers, and, you know, based on their contribution, some of the revenue that is generated by our products is used to pay them for their contributions. And, you know, the DAO is just a beautiful way of aligning incentives across a broad group of people and getting everybody to move in the same direction and, you know, just make awesome things happen. I guess like, what are some of the other advantages other than being able to attract talent from all over the world? Like what are some other advantages of, you know, say I've got an idea, I want to accomplish something. Why would I want to maybe form a DAO to accomplish this task versus forming a traditional company? So the beauty of DAOs and the thing that makes them so cool is they they can move super fast and you can move super fast and you can move at scale that isn't really possible um, with a traditional company. So I think a great example and, you know, the thing that really highlights this is 
like our relationship with set labs. So as I said, like set labs is like arguably the leading solidity team in America, right? They are doing incredible, incredible work. And it's very, very technical and it requires like a high degree of focus and context. And it doesn't need a big team, right? It doesn't like scale linearly. You don't need a 200 people working on these problems. You need like 10 really smart people, very focused on it. And the DAO, right? Like the community is, you know, really like this, you know, peer organization that exists around set labs, right? Like the product they built and is able to execute all these different initiatives on behalf of the protocol and really free up that core team to focus on like the engineering task at hand. So a great example of that is like, we have a massive structure to run our marketing, to get, you know, our Twitter presence, to establish relationships with custodians, with centralized exchanges, with institutional investors, to, you know, do fundraising from venture capital and invest and uh, angel investors to take care of, you know, our entire product pipeline. And, you know, because it's decentralized, we're able to scale all of these capabilities incredibly quickly um, in a way that if you were, you know, relying on just hiring new, you know, hiring a new person every two months or something, you just would not be able to do. A contributor side, like, are they making a lot of money by doing this? Like the revenue that goes back to them to pay for their contributions? Is it something where, you know, like somebody could go and uh, work for a DAO instead of looking for a traditional job somewhere? And actually, we have a, a question that we got from the community on Twitter is David Silverman asked, you know, why should people work for DAOs over companies? Like, especially thinking about high school kids or college kids that are looking for internships and, you know, jobs and career paths. Like, what? Should they should are people going to start, you know, looking to work in DAOs instead of going after those traditional jobs? Yeah, absolutely. I, I could not recommend coming to a DAO more. You know, I personally turned down a um, investment banking, a post MBA investment banking job um, to come and work at Index Co-op. You know, the people who are contributing full time to Index Co-op, um, you know, we have engineers, we have, you know, financial professionals with you know, 10, 15 years of experience. We have, you know, we have like true professionals are working at the DAO. I think the compensation, how we pay things, like, right? Like that's evolving, right? We're trying to optimize ultimately to like make this as effective as possible to compensating people. But, you know, part-time contributors can earn, you know, anywhere from two to $4,000 a month in index, in index governance token. Um, many, many do. It's all public information. And then, you know, full-time contributors, you know, earn really like up to $8,000 a month in our, in our governance token. It's a very good deal. Um, like we're very, very focused on attracting, you know, really the best talent in crypto and, you know, making sure that this is like a real win-win for everybody that's coming to this protocol is just a massive priority for us. When a contributor decides to join a DAO, how does it work in terms of how do they identify what their tasks are going to be? And then like who determines how much they're going to be paid for it? Where does the money come from? Walk me through like the logistics of how all of this can happen. So the short answer is, is complete chaos, Diana. And that, that's not actually what happens, but it is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's very complex. And it's very always evolving. We're always improving. Um, I'll tell you, I guess I'll generally walk through kind of like the process of joining our community and what it looks like and, you know, kind of how we, how we see, you know, bringing people in at the contributor level. 
So usually what will happen is somebody will you know, find out about us on Twitter or through you know, DeFi Pulse's website and you know, they'll get more interested and they'll come to our Discord. They'll like answer, ask a bunch of questions. They'll be on our Discord for a while and you know, just kind of be learning about what's going on. You know, from there, we hold a weekly new joiner meeting on Tuesday, Tuesdays. And that's where like the people are kind of learning about it, getting involved, like they'll come. And that's kind of like their first, like, welcome to the community. This is kind of how we, this is how we operate things. This is how we think about it. So at that point, they have, you know, a pretty basic like new joiner quest to complete that just gets them like kind of oriented on the community, like have a couple one-on-ones, introduce yourself here, um, you know, write a little article here. And that will get them kind of like the, once that's completed, that's like the baseline. I think they get five index tokens for completing that. And what we call them bronze owls, which is like our newest like community members. So that's like the basic process for just kind of like going from, I have no idea what a DAO is to I'm like, kind of, I just got paid a little bit in crypto. And that process, like it usually takes like, a month or two, three months, like it takes time. Like, it, you know, you can't, these are complicated programs. These are complicated systems. Like you can't just learn about it overnight. And then, you know, from that point, once they're kind of integrated in the community, they'll start, and you have context, they'll probably start going to a few of our weekly meetings for our different, our different verticals, like business development, growth, marketing. And, you know, once they start, you know, kind of getting oriented, you know, the direction the community is going, what's going on. At that point, they'll start to you know, pick up some little works and help out here, help out there. And you know, one, once they kind of get in that rhythm of understanding how to contribute, understanding what to contribute, you know, people really just can take it and run with it and go as far as they as far as they can. Who determines like how how many index tokens you get paid for doing like X job versus Y job? Yeah, so we have a treasury committee which essentially is made up of two members of the set team and then one member of the index community. And at the end of every month, basically everybody submits all their work they did through the month. And that is, you know, they just go through and, you know, we don't really care about how many hours people work. We have lots of people who work part-time. Like what we really are looking for is impact. And, you know, when people come in and they submit their end of month work and it's obvious that, like what they did really moved the needle for us, whether it drove more users, it got our name out more, it increased our AUM. Like that, that's what we really compensate for. Just like digging a little deeper into the community that you have now, how would you describe the community that you have both like, uh, I'm you know, talking about both like the people that are active contributors within the community, as well as people who are sort of just like hanging out on Discord, you know, chiming in here and there. How would you describe your community our community is awesome. You know, I, I don't say this lightly. I, you know, I spent six years in the Marine Corps. I have been on some very, very good teams in the military. I've been on some very good teams in college and high school. Like this is the absolute best team I've ever been on. And like bar none, our contributors, our community is incredibly supportive, incredibly positive. Like you'll notice on our calls, every time somebody new joins, like everybody's like introducing themselves, like, building them up, glad to have them. Every time somebody in our community does something awesome, there's, you know, 20 people on Twitter being like, hey, great job, you did it, good job. Um, And like that culture, you know, that culture is really important to me. 
I'm very, very proud to be part of it. And I think, you know, in my eyes, like that's, that's the biggest attractor for index co-op beyond, you know, the baseline financial product is that community and that culture you're joining. And that is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And then at, at the individual contributor level, like we have, I think, I think that in, in crypto in general right now, nobody's really like sure who is in these communities, right? It's like kind of a mystery. Like it's just a bunch of anonymous people on discord. You don't know if it's like a bunch of 18 year olds or like these savvy investors or like who it is at all. It's just anonymous. But like our community is, it's, it's real professionals. We have, you know, every single person who is a full-time contributor has, you know, at least six years of work experience working like for a major, major corporation or organization. Um, that's kind of the same, that's the exact same caliber of talent we have, you know, in our part-time contributors. But like, we also, you know, we're open. So we, we it's very easy, say, if you're, you know, 20 years old and you want to get involved, like you can, there's somewhere to step in. And it's also global. Like we have a incredibly strong team in Africa and, you know, we talk to them almost daily, like it's constant communication and like everybody is, is pushing this thing forward. It's not just like a bunch of guys in San Francisco or these finance people in New York or these guys in Nigeria or, you know, our people in Singapore, it's like this truly global movement where people from all over feel comfortable, you know, introducing themselves in the community and, and getting involved. Because I'm sure a lot of people listening who are community managers or maybe founders at new projects are very curious to hear your, your community building strategies and how you've been able to build such a strong and welcoming and just like the, you know, seemingly perfect community. So what have been some of your strategies for building community? And I think both, um, I think pro it's probably different from when you're building from one to 10 versus when you're building, you know, now that you're at a decent size and you're trying to expand and maintain that same sort of vibe and that same sort of feel when you expand from 10 people to hundreds um what have been some of your most successful community building strategies so it's a number of things but in my eyes it really starts with positivity and this this idea that we're like always helping each other out um you know i like so i'm not like a super big sports guy but i was like watching you know, just some good, I think it was a good NFL team, NBA team the other, the other month. And I noticed like every, like the, the winning team, the best team, like every time a guy like fell over a trip, there were like five teammates there to help him out. Every time a guy like, you know, scored a basket, there were, you know, the whole team was over there clapping, the whole bench is excited. And you juxtapose that against a bad team where, you know, a guy falls down, nobody runs over to help him out. Nobody claps when they make a basket. And like that's like the culture of winning teams, right? And when I think of building a community in index co-op and a culture, like that's the kind of culture we want. Like we want it to be where if you are, you know, if you do something awesome for index co-op, the community recognizes it, they applaud you, they're, they're, you know, they're highlighting what you're doing. And then, you know, if you're struggling with something, like the community can come and, you know, they help you up and pick you up. And like that happens all the time. Like I get very, you know, I'll have some weeks where I'm busy or I'm trying to work on something that's just like out of my depth and I don't understand or that I need help on. And having five people that you know you can message right away that will, you know, collectively get you over the hump 
is just this in, in, incredible, incredible tool. And then, you know, when I think about scaling it, that's like, that's a very good question, right? And I think at some level, like, you know, when we were three people or four people, I think the thing that is very easy when it's that size is it's very easy to have everybody know what's going on and be very much on the same page. And then as it gets bigger and the system moves in complexity, that kind of becomes impossible after a certain point. So, you know, I think the only thing you can really do as a community that like maintain that culture, maintain that momentum after you grow to a certain point is you need to instill the systems that will allow like all of that to continue when you go from 10 to a thousand. And like, that's what we're doing right now. Awesome. And so I, I'm just wondering too, like what your day-to-day or week-to-week looks like. It sounds like you're doing everything. You're talking to the team in Africa every day, you know, like you're doing all of these different things. So um, if you had to describe, you know, your day-to-day or like what every week looks like, can you describe that? Yeah. So my, it's kind of a whirlwind, like a whirlwind is the only way to describe it because, and like, remember and maybe it's not, I, I know, I don't think it's, it's a whirlwind for all your listeners, Diana, because they're probably like much more tech savvy than me. But like, remember, I, I came from a very, very slow organization. Um, and we were, you know, totally ran on email. And, you know, email alone kind of slows things down. So it's like very, very fast organization. And, you know, where everything's basically ran on Discord, which is essentially instantaneous 24-7. It's an incredibly fast-paced work environment. I think the best way to describe this. So our weeks are, you know, we, we work Monday through Friday. We have like a big, you know, community meeting on Monday. And then throughout the week, all the smaller teams will, you know, meet in their in kind of individual working groups, to like hash out problems. So I would say we probably have like four or five hours of meetings a week. And then outside of that is, you know, kind of constant, constant calls, constant discord chats, and just like moving, really moving different things forward. So, you know, say an initiative is on the forum and, you know, there's a debate going on. Like, are we talking to the other project? Are we, you know, interfacing with marketing, with treasury? All these, you know, kind of like the, the day-to-day blocking and tackling that ha- happens at any business. Just really, really fast and 24-7. For sure. Yeah, I totally feel that. And I, th- I think and everybody has been feeling that a little bit over the last year with everything moving remotely. And I think it's been good training too for people, you know, just adjusting to this new normal of everything being online, moving super fast. Shifting gears a little bit, um, I have another question from the community on Twitter. This is from Crypto Texan. He wants to know, does the Index Co-op have a multi-chain strategy? Crypto Texting, shout out. Thank you for all the love on Twitter. Do we have a multi-chain strategy? Yes. And it's a strategy that we're continually improving. You know, so so right now there's there's definitely a race to to really figure like there's a rate, there's a race for knowledge and then there's a race for action, right? Like we're tra- everybody in crypto is trying to figure out, hey, what does a multi-chain world look like from say today to three months from now and like what are the implications of that for my product right or our products and i think then there's the race for action which is we are 
you know, everybody is being like, we need to be the first mover here. We need to be the first mover there. We need to be the first ones there. And that's like great, right? But like we are operating like kind of an information constrained environment where there's just not a ton of information to make these decisions. So when I think of our like our L2 strategy, it really comes down to, you know, are we narrowing it down to a few good options? Are we, you know, evaluating the pros and cons of each, the cost of each? And then are we making, you know, a smart business decision on, on like allocating across, you know, kind of like the leading three or the leading two and, you know, setting ourselves up to have, you know, really deep liquidity, really strong, you know, product outlays across all of those chains and, you know, be able to kind of continue to monitor as it evolves. Totally makes sense. Um, so zooming out a little bit, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what you would predict, you know, that happening in the next year or so in the space of DeFi and DAOs, like where do you see us being in a year from now? And then looking out even farther, which I know is like so hard to do in crypto because things are moving so fast. But if you had to give your best guess as to where we're going to be in 10 years with this whole ecosystem, um, can you try to paint that picture for us? And, you know, like tell us how index co-op fits in, it fits in as well. You know, if it's going to drive the uh, drive the cause for more and more DAOs being formed, more and more DeFi platforms being formed. Um, just try to envision the future as much as you can. So I'll answer uh, the second question first, but you know, 10 years from now, Index Co-op will be the world's leading crypto asset management platform. Um, and we will be a absolutely powerhouse global institution when it comes to the you know the financial products of the future so that's where index co-op will be 10 years from now um but you know so when i think of like the next year and i'm gonna i'll, I'll stay away from like crypto generally and i'll just talk DAOs because that's kind of like what we're talking about um so like DAOs, i think the crypto community is slowly starting to wake up to the power and strength of these organizations. They are seeing, you know, DAOs like Badger or Yearn just do incredible things in a fully decentralized way. Um, a good example of that is, so Yearn launched 178 vaults in the last year or since inception, right? And these are sophisticated strategies. These are sophisticated products. Like, I don't think, I don't think like Facebook couldn't do that, right? Like, I mean, maybe they could, but it'd be a, a serious challenge. Same with Google. Like these decentralized organizations are able to move so quickly and so efficiently. And as they're around longer, they just get more efficient. And, you know, people are scared. We are scared of scale when it comes to decentralization, right? Like people are, they're okay if it's decentralized and it's 10 people, because like you conceptually, it's easy to think about and you're like, okay, I can control it if it's just 10 people or like we can under, we can control it. But like people get scared when it's like a thousand people, right? Like 20,000 people, but there's no reason it can't be 20,000 people. Um, like there's no reason that, for example, a like a CEO and a 20-year-old working on Twitter, like they, it can happen decentralized. Like they can both be working towards the same goal in a decentralized way. Like think about Elon Musk and then like somebody on Twitter posting about Bitcoin, right? 
So like Elon Musk, the CEO there, and that person, like the normal person is posting and they're both doing the same thing. They're both trying to make the same thing happen, like increase the price of Bitcoin, but like they don't need to coordinate between each other. And it's just, it's happening decentralized. And like, as we grow, as these communities grow, they're just going to get better at it and they're just going to get more efficient at it. And like, that's happening every single day. It's happening faster every day. And I think a year from now, we are going to see these organizations operating incredibly efficiently at scale. Can't wait to see that. So last thing, next co-op before we shift gears, I have a couple of random questions from the community, but last thing about index co-op, um, what do you guys have planned in the next year at index co-op or the rest of 2021 that's like new and exciting and that you're able to share with the community? Our first quarter, right, was our like get everything going quarter. Like from November to early April, it was like, what is going on? How do we set this up? Like who's in charge here? Who's in charge here? How does it work together? Like, let's like this, this, we have to figure this out. And that was like six months and that was a really fun period. And then, you know, we kind of came to the end of that period and we entered like about a month and a half ago, two months ago. It was like, okay, all the structure, like everything we need to keep the lights on, the structure is in place. Now, like it's time to sort of roll up our sleeves and like, just do the work, right? Like it's been built out. Let's just do the work. So we're kind of in the middle of our like do the work phase where everything is more or less structured how we want it. And people are just sleeves up out in the sun, putting in the work. And like what that work looks like to me is that is us like building out how we do all these like structural things. Like how do we get Goldman Sachs to buy $25 million of DPI or $100 million of DPI? How do we, you know, get our marketing so the next product the index co-op launches is on the you know the business section of the wall street journal how do we you know grow our community so it can function at 10 million community members instead of or not 10 million uh 10,000 community members instead of a thousand right and so like when i think of the next you know kind of quarter it's like really putting in that work and then at a product level, like we are working on a number of super exciting products that will, you know, I think really continue to push what is possible with index funds and what they mean, um, you know, including some volatility indexes, shorting products, uh, the ability to have, you know, very easy access to DeFi token, to longs on DeFi tokens. Um, I, I think it's going to be a super exciting lineup. Yeah, you have some very ambitious goals there. And now that you've said it on the podcast, I guess everybody can hold you accountable to hitting your goals for the next quarter. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the, that's the trick. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that about Index Co-op. It's super exciting stuff. And hopefully some of our listeners will hop on board and join the community on Discord and start contributing and all that good stuff. Um, I do have another question from the community on Twitter. This is uh, another question from David Silverman. He wants to know, how do you handle going by pseudonym versus by your real name? This is like a pretty hot topic nowadays with you know, everybody's shifting to the metaverse and um, a lot of people going by pseudonyms are going completely anonymously versus using their real name. And I think there's a lot of advantages to this, but for you personally, like, why did you decide, you know, to go by pseudonym instead of by your real name? And what do you see as 
being some of the advantages of doing that? So I, I would say I'm like most soft courts. I don't have like a clear line in the sand drawn or like claim to be any level of anonymity. Um, it's more like I like the I like the Twitter handle Big Sky, the Discord handle Big Sky is cool. It's it you know it's nice to have that kind of distance between you know your personal life and, and your professional life. But like it 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 really comes down to um, I think. I think what's happening and I think why I don't have a good answer to this question is everybody's still kind of navigating this, like, and people are being cautious, right? Nobody's sure what, like the internet is changing a lot and kind of our digital personas are changing a lot, like who, how we interact with these technologies is changing a lot. And I think people are being very cautious with it, right? Like they aren't sure what, anonymity means you know in the next like 10 years what you know being out there mean like how much information you can have out there safely and you know this anonymous pseudo-anonymous fully out there like i think it's people just kind of trying to navigate it and i like so for like personally like obviously like any ai could you know take this video and figure out who my last name who i am like instantaneously right um and it's more just like different people taking different efforts to try and uh, kind of navigate these, these really open questions. I, I kind of wonder, you know, is everybody going to have their, their like real identity, which is what they use maybe for LinkedIn, for applying for jobs or resume, things like this. And then they have their pseudonym, which is, you know, sort of their like online persona. Um, and this is maybe for, you know, like, you don't necessarily want everybody knowing what your real name is and being able to dig up anything about you. And so if you just, if you just want to talk about DAOs, for instance, on Twitter, then you could be like the DAO guy on Twitter. And that's like your pseudonym. And that's all people need to know about you. Yeah, exactly. But like, there's no reason anybody needs to know more information about you than just that, right? Like it's not relevant for those purposes. And then maybe for like other things, you might go like totally anonymously. I don't know. I I, I think it's interesting and I'll be interested to see how it plays out as well. Well, like the Dow resume question is kind of interesting, right? Like how do we, how do people like prove that they contributed when it's like their, you know, their picture is, you know, some emoji or something, right? And it's like, how do I, so five years from now, like, what is my DAO resume? What is my crypto resume? What does that look like? What needs to be on there? And like, no one knows what that is right now. And we're trying to like figure it out. But I think that's also like a very, very open question. Maybe, maybe Diana, maybe this video will be on like the headline of my new, of my future DAO resume. There you go. There you go. Well, I think like that's another very compelling use case for blockchain technology, right? Is if we can record all of our work on the blockchain and say like any of your contributions, if I sign up for index or if I join index co-op as a community member, as a contributor, and I am, I'm like, I'm going to create content for you guys. I'm going to write all of these blog posts for you. All of this can be recorded on the blockchain. Maybe I can mint all of my blog posts as NFTs and all of this is recorded. And I think all of this would be part of my DAO resume. So whether I do that as Diana Chen or as a DAO chick, you know, or whatever, whatever student I might come up with, I don't think it matters because all of it will be recorded um, under that pseudonym. So that's kind of how I see it playing out. But, you know, I I guess time will tell and we'll just have to see. You know, some of these problems, you just have to 
have to uh, pray to the blockchain, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The blockchain. blockchain. (laughs) All right. So this last segment, I always uh, close out every podcast episode with a segment called explain your tweet. This is where I dig through your Twitter account, pull out some cryptic or interesting tweets and give you a chance to explain them. You've actually got like a ton of good tweets. So uh, I didn't have to go very far back, but this first one I've got is from May 15th, 2021. You said, I've, I've been having a ton of crypto conversations with people from all walks of life. The level of conversations and knowledge is out of this world. People are starting to get it. I've shared this sentiment before, but for me, it's like a constant juxtaposition of like being on crypto Twitter, doing these podcasts, talking to people like you and being like, wow, this space is full of just brilliant people who are really driving the charge. And then I go back to my real life where my real life friends don't know anything about crypto. And, you know, they're like, what's a, what's a wallet or like, Oh, I read about like Dogecoin, like what's with the Dogecoin. And so I I have, I share the sentiment and then I revert back to my real life and I'm like, man, we're not there yet. Like we are not even close. So I guess like what prompted you to tweet this and, you know, share a little bit more. Diana, like that's such a hard, like that, that balance between crypto and your like normal life, right? That's like this hard balance because like this is technology that we understand is changing the world, but not everybody fully understands that at this point. And you're kind of like dancing back and forth between that is, it's just, it's a very, very difficult, especially when, you know, like we are so passionate about this space, like. I, I imagine like there's nothing you'd rather be doing right now than this podcast. And like, I feel the same way, right? Like this is what, you know, wakes us up every day. Um, but when I think about like the level of conversations, I think more about like the level of questions people are asking. And so I went back, I'm from Montana. I'm from a small town in Montana, Butte, Montana. And I was back there briefly, um, you know, in April and, they just started a Bitcoin mine south of town and like nobody, like my, my town is certainly not like a tech hub. Right. And I don't think people, there are many crypto users in my hometown right now, but I'm sure that, I mean, obviously that will change over the next decade. But, you know, as I was home and I was talking to people, people, you know, asking questions about, you know, like, how is it held? Like, where does it go? Like, tell me the borrowing mechanisms, the trading mechanisms, like how does it fit into, you know, this, how does it fit in with that? And like those questions, like maybe they, I don't think they necessarily indicate that the level of information has drastically changed over the last few years, but I think they indicate that the level of curiosity and the level of openness has changed drastically over the last three years. And I find that incredibly, incredibly exciting. All right. This next tweet I've got is from May 27th, 2021. You said the perfect job in DeFi doesn't exist yet. You have to invent it. Even the most experienced pros have only been doing this for a few years. Work hard, learn, discover passion and build your future. I'd love to hear more your thoughts on that. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot there. I love like envisioning the future and like, you know, thinking about how things are going to be in the future. And so for you, I guess, like, how do you see the DeFi landscape developing? What do you see as being some of maybe the cool new jobs that develop in the space that don't yet exist if you had to like envision it? So when I came to Index Co-op or any of us came to Index Co-op at the start, like it was very amorphous, right? You could kind of do anything and it still is that way. And when I think of like, create your job like the space is moving so quickly like we are inventing this as we go we are building the plan as we are flying it that like there's no 
like people try and latch on to like, oh, I'm going to be a, you know, business development person. And that means do X, Y, and Z. And that's like who I am. And like, that's the box you fit in. And like, that just doesn't work with DAOs. It doesn't work with DeFi. Like, yes, we need these kind of like loose verticals that, you know, help us group work. But the best community members and like the people who really get it and really move the ball are the ones that can kind of do everything. They're the, they're the foxes. They can jump around and they can understand the whole system and they can, you know, pretty seamlessly be like, there's, you know, work needs to happen here. I'm going to direct my full energy here. And then they're able to, you know, shift to something else and like kind of invent the job as they go along. And that's like such a valuable skill. And we kind of miss that skill when we try and like put these jobs in like these really narrow boxes. And like, I think that's kind of like a holdover of 20th century corporations, right? These mega corporations that were super big. And the only way to like make sense of any of it was just to like put it all in these little boxes. But like DeFi can be bigger than that. And I really encourage people to like, as they join index co-op to be like, what does my dream job working for a DAO look like? How am I contributing it? How is it driving value? And then, you know, work really hard to create it for themselves. themselves. But if I had heard this speech when I was in high school, I would have been so much more motivated and excited for the future. <laughs> All right. And then last tweet I've got, I think this will wrap up the conversation really well. This is from May 26, 2021. You said the most impactful community members at NX Co-op are the people that show up and put in work. Anyone can show up with a great idea. We need people who can stick around and contribute. So my question for you is where do you need the most help at NX Co-op right now for people listening who really want to join the community? What kinds of contributors are you looking for the most right now? So a, that changes a lot, right? It's very dynamic. Like what we need changes all the time. Not in the sense that like people's like skill sets are becoming outdated. It's just like as we learn more about running these protocols, like we identify needs that we didn't realize were needs previously. And, you know, like what I was really getting at with that tweet is this is an exciting space. There's a lot of cool things happening. And I think people get this, you know, have a tendency to immediately like think that contributing to these communities means that you're like immediately driving this like massive, like strategic push or this massive initiative. So somebody will come to our discord, you know, introduce themselves and then immediately like do a big post on our forum saying we should do this, which, you know, that's great. It's encouraged. We love the new ideas, but the thing that really drives value in this community that like really drives contribution is the people who, you know, show up to the meetings every single week. They show up to, all our events, like they promote, you know, they push it forward on Twitter, they contribute on the forum, they contribute on the Discord, they take on responsibility. And, you know, that process of building trust over time is how you build organizations. And the thing that enables you to scale as an organization, like to go from a hundred contributors to a thousand to 10,000 is like creating those deep bonds of trust between people that allow them to you know, work towards the same goal in an autonomous way, but also be able to rely on each other and, you know, really, you know, utilize the best of what human teamwork is. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Simon, for being here today. Before you go, just tell people where they can find you if they want to connect with you personally. And then also, um, you said the best way to join NX Co-op is to get into the Discord and meet everybody there, right? So tell people how they can find your Discord and, and join there. 
So first of all, Diana, thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute, absolute blast. Um, I hope you, I hope your listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. One list, of, a couple shout outs before we go. Um, huge shout out to Set Labs and DeFi Pulse. Um, you know, we've worked really closely with them and that has just been an incredible relationship to see it grow over the last nine months. And then also I want to give a huge shout out to Verto, Dark Forest Capital and Lemonade Alpha. My other, uh, the other three full-time contributors, I am always incredibly humbled to work with them. They have helped develop um, how I think about the world in, in many ways. And I'm always just, you know, incredibly impressed by the energy and time and value that they bring to our protocol. If any of this uh, sounds interesting to you, if you want to get involved, please come to our, uh, our Discord. Or, um, and you can also you know, find us online at indexcoop.com. Uh, please introduce yourselves. We would, we would love to have you uh, come and say hi. If you want to hit up Simon, go follow him on Twitter, BigSky underscore seven, right? Is, did I get that right? BigSky yep. underscore seven. Yep. Go ahead and hit up Simon there. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks again, Simon, for being here. And we'll be back again soon with another episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. Awesome, Diana. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please rate, subscribe, and download our podcast and share this episode on social media with your network. And remember, the fun doesn't have to stop when the episode ends. You can continue this conversation with us on Twitter by tweeting your questions, thoughts, and ideas to Unstoppable Web. We look forward to chatting with you and thanks again for listening.